you know, I recently moved. Anybody moved recently in the last couple of years? All right, just me, thanks. All right, I appreciate you guys leaving me out there. Uh, and while we were moving, I went through the junk drawer. Anybody got a junk drawer? Tell the truth. Come on, shame the devil. There you go. I was going through the junk drawer, and I found a set of keys. There must have been 20 keys on it. And as I'm looking at these keys, I begin thinking, I don't know what they go to. I have no idea what they go to. But I refuse to throw them away because they probably go to something really good. Something that I own. <laughs> something that I've forgotten about. Uh, do I, I, I mean, my brain just goes, do I have a P.O. box here? Is there, is there some kind of safety deposit box with millions of dollars that, uh, that my grandparents left me? That, that didn't happen. But maybe, I mean, maybe this key unlocks something. And I, I had these keys and I just didn't know what they were for. But I, I knew that they had power to do something, but I didn't know what because I hadn't used them in so long. As we jump into the word today, I've titled this Keys of the Kingdom. Turn to that person next to you and say, Keys of the Kingdom. And if you'll go with me in, in the Holy Scriptures, turn to Matthew chapter 16. I'll let you open up your Bible app, Matthew chapter 16. While you're turning there, I just want to give you the goal, um, the purpose of today's teaching. And that is, I, I want to empower each of us. I want the Holy Scriptures to empower each of us to operate in the authority that Jesus intended that we would have. That you and I would operate from the position of sons and daughters of the Most High God, joint heirs with Christ. And that we would begin to maneuver things as God intended. That we would live the way Jesus lived, act the way Jesus acted, and overcome the way Jesus overcame. Did you find Matthew chapter 16 yet? Say yes. All right, three of you. Verse 19. It says, and I, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, or in the heavenlies. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to take a moment and just kind of break down this truth, this heavenly truth. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. In my estimation, one of the most misunderstood portions of who we are as believers is the understanding of the kingdom of God that we operate in. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Jesus speaks about it frequently. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, maybe you know this verse, verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. When he says that, he's, he's talking about, uh, he's saying, listen, why are you worried about having money and, and clothes? And that, uh, the pagans chase after all that. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then God will take care of everything else for you. He's establishing that there's a difference between this world system and God's system. There's a difference between living and abiding under the world's pressure, difficulty, and living under the rule of the living God. Are you with me today? Say yes. And so literally, he is communicating to us. He does it again in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10 when he, they're asking him, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. He says, pray like this, your kingdom come your will be done. God's direct rulership on the earth, me and you as his believers, being in right relationship with him, this engagement with him as everyday followers of him. And the world system and the world's wickedness does not have power over us because we're not living in that system. We're living in the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, are you tracking with me? Say yes. In fact, in the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, these 
There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they, we call them the synoptic Gospels. They used the word kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, and they're, they're, they're meaning the same thing. They use it over 103 times. It, it's one of the most communicated pieces that Jesus was teaching when he was here on earth. That, that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. It's happening now. The kingdom, God's presence, only God's rulership is being established. When I die on the cross, I will have destroyed the rulership of the enemy's plan and his power over the earth. And I will set up a new kingdom. And in my kingdom, there will be righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There'll be, there, you'll be able to walk in the power of the kingdom of, of, that I have for you, opposed to being overtaken by the kingdom of darkness, which is where you and I have grown up and lived in. And so when they're laying this out, they use the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. But when you get to the book of John, the book of John, he doesn't use the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Actually, he starts using the term eternal life. And the reason why he uses that is because in that moment, some 30, 40 years later, now the Romans are in complete fear and frustration about all of these little groups of people that are rising up and trying to break off from the Roman government, all these little factions. And so, and so they're stomping them out and they're literally persecuting anyone, if you will, that they feel like is going to rise up and try to overthrow the government. All these different people groups that are trying to get control and have their own little kingdoms. And so John doesn't use that so as not to spark a riot concept because he's saying, no, 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 our kingdom is not like, like the kingdoms of this world. It's not about your tribe that you're running with. It's about being under the rulership of Jesus Christ. And so he uses a different term. He uses, he uses eternal life. And then Paul, the apostle Paul uses in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. And he talks about I'm in Christ. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I, yes, I live in the United States, and yes, I'm a faithful American, but at the end of the day, I am in Christ. I, I'm in Christ. I, I'm not in that. I'm not in this way or that way or my skin tone or my political view, all that. No, 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 that's all good stuff. But at the end of the day, I am in Christ. I am a part of God's kingdom on earth. I am part of the kingdom of heaven. Are you tracking with me a little bit? Say yes. Come on, are you still tracking? Say yes. And then Jesus says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I'll give them to you. He says, he tells, he tells uh, Peter and the disciples in that moment, he says, I'll give you the keys. What's he talking about? Who, who's he giving this to? Who is the I will give you? He's talking about us, not just the apostle Peter. He's not just talking about him. In fact, let's go there in Matthew chapter 16. Let's b- bump up a couple of verses. Jesus is having this engagement with his disciples. And he says, who do, who do men say that I am? Who do they say I am? And they start saying, well, they say you're a good prophet like Elijah, you're like John the Baptist, you're just a good dude. I mean, you really, you speak, speak things that no one else has ever heard. And they're really laying out for him that they think that you're a special human. They, like you're, you're, a, you're an ambassador for God, you're, you're a good dude. Um, you know, you're, you're you know, like one of the priests, but even better. And then he says, but who do you guys say that I am? And that's when Peter responds in a way that literally grabs Jesus and kind of shakes him a little bit. And Peter says to him, we're looking in verse 16 of chapter 16 of Matthew. Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are God that has been prophesied, would come down in human form and lead his people and set up another kingdom. You are the reigning king. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Just by using the word Messiah, that, the ramification of that for a Jewish person means you are God incarnate. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, bro. You didn't get this from listening to a podcast. You didn't get this from re- reading somebody's post. 
God himself has revealed to you, bro, what everyone else is not getting. God himself. And he says, and he goes on, he says, and upon, he says, and he says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus is not saying, Peter, I'm gonna build on you. You're the first, you're the first pope, you're the first spiritual person. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I on this revelation that you got. This is what the kingdom of God is starting with. This, and until you get that I am the Messiah, that I am the ruling king, until you come and submit under me as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, you will continue to live and operate and be beat down by this old worldly system. That's why you're dealing with depression. That's why you're overtaken with sickness and disease. Now, all of this because the enemy's trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. But if you'll come over into my kingdom where I am the Messiah, the reigning one, not only will I protect you, not only will I watch after you, but when this kingdom begins to try to infect your life and brokenness starts happening, I will pick you up and I'll walk you through that mess and I'll get you to the other side. I will heal you all your diseases, he says. And Peter gets a revelation, wait a minute, not only are you a good dude, you're not just a good dude, you are the king of kings and the lord of lords. And Jesus said, boy, what? Boy, what? Who is this? Boy, right here and got it. Because I'm setting up my kingdom on the earth. And flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. And then he continues on, where we, which was our key piece, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavens. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heaven. Who's he saying is going to have those keys? Those who have a revelation that Jesus is the Christ. Who have surrendered themselves to his leadership. Who have said, you are my reigning king. Actually, quite honestly, the kingdom of heaven is nothing more than God's rule on the earth. There are two kingdoms at battle with each other. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of darkness. The wicked demonic forces that were cast out of heaven when they rebelled against God. And when they tricked Adam and Eve, when Satan tricked Adam and Eve into sinning, created a kingdom system over this world. And all those who would be born. That's why we're born into sin. It's more natural to sin than it is to be holy. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. It is. When I get on I-20, my God. I got to get saved all over again because it's natural. It starts coming up out of me. I'm like, where is all this anger coming from? It's because of that natural sinness, right? And so what I have done as a believer, I have come and I've submitted myself under his rulership. And under his rulership, I'm not submitted or committed to this anymore. I may be prone to this, but I'm not submitted and committed to it anymore. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Come on, you think about it. You think about like all these young ladies that we've rescued out of sex trafficking and all the people that we work with, the missionaries. You know what their biggest thing they say, the biggest problem? We can get them out of it, but they've been so brainwashed that they're nothing that they'll run back to it. Why? Because that kingdom, that way of thinking, that way of, of living has become their identity and who they are. So for a Christian, for a person who's becoming a Christian, someone who's grown up in this wicked world like we all have, and then we say, yes, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. This transition, if you will, from living like this, believing like this, thinking like this, many times takes years to even start getting revelation. That's why it's important today that your pastor teaches you that you have the keys. You have the keys of heaven. You have the keys of the kingdom to unlock things, to break off things, to say, no, you will not I'll lock that up you ain't coming nigh my dwelling I loose that you can't hold on to that that's for me God God has ordained that I would have that and you're not going to hold that back you will not put my children in that mess and Jesus now I lock you up Satan you I lock that door you can't come on over into this piece. and you got to get the revelation of this because if you never get the revelation you'll just be that little person who just tries to be a good person and tries to go to church and read the Bible every now and then you got to get a revelation of who you are he gave the keys 
to the kingdom to you. The keys of the kingdom. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Every, what I do, you'll be able to do. When Je- the reason why they were blown away at Jesus is because they said this. The everyday folks said this. He speaks as one with authority. This is the problem. The believer does not know the authority they have. You don't even get it. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. All of it's been given to me. Now I want you to jump over to Romans chapter 8. Look what he says. The Spirit himself testifies, verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Are you God's child? Say yes. Are you God's child? Say yes. All authority has been given to who? All authority was given to Jesus. You're God's child. Keep reading. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Everything he's given you, everything that was given him by Father God because he overcame this world, everything that he, everything he accomplished by dying on the cross, everything that he won, the ability to tell sin no, the ability to say no, I will not, to overcome death and the grave, all of that key unlocking power he now possesses. And guess who he shares it with? Us. Joint heirs with Christ. If you, know, if you don't ever get this, then you're going to be that little sissy-fied Christian that every Sunday you're going to come over here and say, Pastor, can you help me? Can you please help me? Because I don't have any power. I need your power. you got power. I see you have power, Pastor. Can you help me? Can you help my family? Friend, you have the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwelling in you. Do you not get that? Say yes. You, but you've got to learn how to appropriate the keys that have been entrusted to you. I have multiple keys on my key ring, like many of you. I have a key to my car. I have a key to my office. I have two offices. You know, I don't know if you guys know this. I also work at Christ for the Nations. I have an office there with an assistant. I have an assistant here at Hill City, an office here. I'm between those two places throughout the week. I've got a key to my house. And each one of those keys, there are other people who have a copy of that key. For my office here, Miss Katrina, she can go in and out of my office. She has a key to that. There's some other folks that have a key to that at my office at Christ for the Nations. Uh, Miss Zoe, she has a key to that office. She can go in and out. There's some locked drawers with personal fi- uh, files of ministry files uh, where things are protected. No one can know about. Zoe has a key to that. Another administrator has a key to that. There are two keys to my car. I have that key. But in all of the things that are safe and protected. Now, when we talk about keys, you and I, you know, you and I have moved into more of a digital modern world. So keys for us have become even more like passwords. Locked up things, things that no one else can get to. So we use more passwords. Uh, but there are people who have, pa- have a- access to my... Uh, Darren, uh, Darren knows every password that I ever have. That man can rob me blind. <laughs> he and Michelle have been faithful to us. They are phenomenal ministers here with us. And uh, Darren oversees all of our IT. I call him, what's my password to that, bro? Pastor Adam, come on, you need to write it down somewhere. If I write it down, somebody's going to find it. Trying to keep it here, but I'm getting old, so I'm losing it. (laughs) Got these keys, but I don't know how to use them because I can't remember where I put them. And so, and so, but every one of the things that are special and locked up and protected in my life, there's only one person who has access to all of them. One person. It's not my assistant. It's not my mom and dad. It's not my children. There's only one person who has every one of my passwords, every one of the keys, can get anywhere she wants to go in my life. Anybody have any idea who that is? That's my bride. That's my wife. Jesus said, you are my bride. I I, I, I have chosen you. You are my bride. You are the bride of Christ, if you will. You are God. So every key that he possesses, he shares with his 
bride. There's nothing he withholds from his bride. Now, maybe that's not how you've done marriage in the past. Shame on you. But everything that I have, she has. Everything she has, I have. Jesus has that concept when he's saying, you are joint heirs with me. Everything I've conquered, everything I've overcome, every key that I have to unlock the heart, every key that I have to say to the enemy, no, you will not, every key that I have to lock him up and shut him up in this area, I give it to you. I have entrusted you with the keys of the kingdom. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. See, keys have purpose. Everybody say purpose. Keys have purpose. You don't just have a key and you just know. They have a purpose. They unlock things. They open things. When someone has a key, that proves that there is something to be done. There is something that it accomplishes. It unlocks. It locks. It protects. It saves. It, it creates a safe place. And God has entrusted you with his keys. Keys have authority. Everybody say authority. authority. In fact, Jesus is talking about that when he says, and I'll give you the keys, of the, uh, the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in the heavenlies. Now, I've heard really bad teaching about this, especially if you get on the internet, crazy people creating all kinds of false teaching. But binding and loosing was a legal term. It's a legal term. It would be like, you know, some of you guys have spent a lot of time in court. <clears throat> So you know terms like felony and, uh, and uh, de facto and habeas corpus, and you know these terms, right? And so when Jesus starts using this binding and loosing as he's speaking and communicating to his disciples, they know exactly he's talking about a legal term. Because in their time frame, if you were, if you were guilty of something, they would bind you from being able to go do this anymore. If you were acquitted, you were loosed. From the expectation that you had to be in prison or that you, had, you were loose from it. And so he says, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you lock up on earth, will be locked up in heaven least. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heaven. He's talking legal. He's not talking about some type of way of just praying and this kind of stuff. And, I mean, there's a portion of that. But, and, and what he's also referring to, you've got to get this understanding that when he's using this term, even legal, they get this understanding as they are ambassadors when he says this. An ambassador. You know that beautiful thing about being an ambassador? Have you ever researched what ambassadors do? They represent a country not on their soil but on another country's soil. And wherever that ambassador is at, did you know this? Wherever they're standing in that other country, their actual presence there represents the country they're from. Not just the building. Come on, stay with me. Not just the embassy. But if they go, if they go to Walmart, wherever they're standing in Walmart, that country is represented right there. Do you know they have immunity? They have immunity from everything around them because they're not of this country they're from another country. And they have the power of that country standing in the midst of some other wicked country. Y'all, oh, you're not getting me. And so when you have this understanding that I'm an ambassador, then you can stand right up in the midst of pain. You can stand right up in the midst of perversion. You can stand right up in the midst of that old knothead that you work for and those wicked ones around you. And you can say, you cannot even come nigh my dwelling. Because why? Because I'm immune to that. Because I do not, you do not represent, I am not a part of you. I'm a part of this kingdom over here. I have been sent as an ambassador to show you a better way. And the light that shines forth for me to be able to grab you and unlock your hearts. That's what I've been entrusted with because he looks at me and he says, hey baby, you can have the key. Let me remind you, do you remember, do you remember when the moment that mom and dad let you use the car for the first time? 
Do you remember when they gave you the key to the family car? Not when they were teaching you to drive, that that moment they let you go drive by yourself. You want to talk about empowerment. I can remember being 15. You could get your license at 15 years old in my day back in the 80s and, uh, in Louisiana. And I can remember when Mimi and Pop gave me the key to the family car. And they said, be careful. And I started that thing up and I was free. Freedom! <laughs> but the, the fact that they entrusted me with it. And, and, the, and, and that's what Jesus has done. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. He trusts you with it. How foolish for you to have them in a drawer and you don't even know what they go to. And you don't even know how to unlock things. You don't even know how to use them. And you've never been trained on what you possess or even how to use it properly. Oh, you're not hearing me and you're not getting a word of this. But I'm going to keep on preaching. Let me tell you something about this authority that he's entrusted you with. Authority is always connected to relationship. Always. You have authority because someone greater has entrusted you with that authority and you have relationship with them. You have a relationship with them. And so you need to understand that that authority, because I'm in relationship with Jesus, I have a right to rule. He's the ruling king. I'm joint heirs with Christ. So I rule this moment. Not in, not in dominance, but in love and kindness. But that's, and when you get an understanding of that, then you won't live in this insecurity. You won't live in this broken identity. Come on, some millennials need to hear this. Some Gen Z, you need to get free from trying to impress everybody over in that kingdom. And you just need to know who you are in Christ. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. And wherever I'm at, he is there. And his power flows through me to unlock the wickedness, to bind up the brokenhearted. Come on, you're tracking with me? This is what I'm called to do and to be. But most of us don't even know we got keys. And if we do, we only know how to use one or two of them. And there's so many keys to the kingdom, to break forth the joy of God in the earth, to bind up the brokenness of this old wicked world system, to keep it from coming nigh our dwelling. But you and I miss that so often. In fact, Jesus was so ticked off at the religious leaders of his day. Look what he told them in the, in the book of, uh, he, he, look what he says to him. He says, woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. Look what he says in the book of Luke. He says, woe to you, you, shame on you, you religious leaders. You have not taught the people that they have power over sickness, that they have power over depression. You have held back the keys of righteousness. You yourself won't even enter therein. You have the ability to come and follow me, but you love the power and control you have over the people. That's why some of you are so confused at Hill City, because you expect me to beat on you, and push on you, and try, and you better give today. If you don't give a tithe, I tell you, God's fire is going to come down on you. And so you just don't even know what to do. You come here, and we just love you and say, come on, be the believer. Trying to teach you how to grow in the things of God. We don't carry you up the mountain. We teach you how to walk yourself up the mountain. Come on, somebody. We don't sit around trying to babysit you. Because if I babysit you now, I'm going to have to babysit you forever. If you don't learn how to stand now, you'll never stand. If you don't learn how to grow now, you'll never grow. And so it's our job to equip you. To be the man or woman of God you were called to be. And if you don't get this, if you're just waiting for me to somehow massage it all out, make you feel good about yourself, I'm not Jesus. Stop asking us to be Jesus and fall on your face under his rulership and his leadership and say, Jesus, you lead me. You show me. Help me lead my family. 
Lord, what keys do I have access to that I don't even know? What is on this ring that you've given me? What does this one do and what does that one do? I want to kind of get this in a kind of a practical concept for you for just a moment. I just grabbed a couple thoughts of some of the keys in my life that are pretty active. I kind of went to my go-to keys. I got three or four go-to keys. When I'm in situations. And the first one that I actually do really well with is the key of joy. I don't know if you can see that. wrote it real small. But I, I really have this. I've got an understanding of this key. The other day I was sitting in a meeting. High ranking officials. Blah, 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 blah. And boy, it got difficult. It got. Have you ever been in a meeting where you just want to start stabbing everybody? Those old horror movies started coming flashbacks to something you saw on TV, a movie you should never went and saw. And I'm having one of those moments like every one of you in here do not deserve to live. Like this is crazy. Like what is going on here? And these people are attacking each other, half attacking me. And before I knew it, I said, you know what, that's not going to happen. And I pulled out my joy key. And I said, hey, guys. And I made a joke and a comment. And this person was intense going after somebody. And I said, I said some funny joke kind of comment and just threw the joy in the middle of it. And guess what it did? It unlocked that door of brokenness. It unlocked all of that tension and pressure. It began to go and went out the window. They got to laugh. These are all Christians. I ain't talking about lost people. These are all Christians. And before you know it, they're looking at each other like, we have lost our mind. We need to repent right now. And I'm like, yes, y'all do. Yes, we do right now. And we began to pray, and the Spirit of the Lord came in, all because somebody had enough sense to know the key that they had. And I used my little key of joy. I snuck it in there, unlocked that thing. It broke loose. It was so cool. It was so amazing. I was like, Jesus, how come I don't do that more often? He goes, because you don't like to use your keys because, you know, you're all selfish about your own self, and, and that kind of thing doesn't really work for you. And, then, and I was thinking the other day, another key that I work in pretty strong in the keys of the kingdom is key of prophecy. There's a lot of keys in the kingdom. But I have, I, I'm real f familiar and comfortable with this particular key. All of you can use all the keys. You say, how many of them are there? I don't know, billions? I have no idea. I, there's not an exhaustive list in Scripture. But I know prophecy is a key that I use many times to, to begin to unlock some things. And, and the other day I was meeting with somebody and, and they were, and, and prophecy is not this, you know, you've seen it really misappropriated in years past. Thus saith the Lord. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, is that really how he has to speak through you? Like he's got to like rev you up? I'm sitting with this person, we're talking about, and they said, you know, Pastor, I just feel like this, that, and the other. And, and I just said, man, I really sense that God wants to do this. Because prophecy is being able to speak that which is not in existence. Prophecy is to be able to say, God has this in store for you. You might even use it, you might even call it encouragement, if you will, to bring courage to what God has. And I just began to speak into this person's life. And can I tell you, this was a couple months ago, the other day I was sitting with them and they said, you know, and, and, and they told me, he said, you know, you are so prophetic. I was like, okay. I, I had three calls yesterday that all said, thank you for being so prophetic in my life. I was like, okay. I, I'm not going around going, thus saith the Lord, but I understand this key to speak God's desire, God's will, God's plan over a person, over groups of people. And so when I begin to do that, it unlocks something. And every one of these people told me, when you began to speak that over me and speak that to me, I felt as though the brokenness of my past began to leave me in that moment. I felt as though I could dream again. Because that key of prophecy broke that loose and broke open the door that had held them in bondage. Are you still there? Say yes. I got another little key that I'm pretty good at that I've learned. It's kind of my, one of my go-to keys, and that's faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm the first man in my family not to cheat on his wife. My children are the first children in three generations not to experience divorce. 
when I was a young man and I first got saved, first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was all over the place. I had five girlfriends going at a time, just spinning them. And I came into the kingdom understanding that Jesus was faithful to me. How can I not be faithful to him? And I, said, I began asking, say, Lord, teach me this principle. Teach me this key. Teach me how to use the key of faithfulness, oh God. How, how to just be line upon line, day after day. I'll tell you one thing about me. I might not be the brightest. I might not be the smartest pastor you ever had. I might not be the sexiest. Well, but, but I'll tell you this. One thing you know is Pastor Adam's going to be there. Now, I may not have it all together. I might not even get it all right doctrinally. But you know this. He's going to be there. He's going to be faithful. He didn't run off. He doesn't he, he, he treat us like, you know, like, like he doesn't really care about us. He's faithful. And I learned this. And it has unlocked. So you know what it does? It's, it's, it's solidified my children. They know I've never cursed their mama. I've never yelled. I've never yelled at her. I, I, I've never hit her. That's what we came from. God so set me free, but I learned the key of faithfulness. I read the word of God. I pray. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not this supernatural dude. I'm just faithful. I've learned the key of faithfulness. And it has unlocked so much in my life. And for everyone around me, it has secured, it has bound them to the goodness of God. Because Pastor Adam, because dad, because husband is faithful. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. And then there's a new key that I've been learning. You know, I kind of picked it up. And that's the key of intercession. This is one of new. I'm just kind of give you some practical, like how this has been working in my life. I, I, I always had a problem with intercession. I always felt like all these people sitting around praying ought to go do something. Like you're wasting your life. Oh, God, we just need you to do this. Oh, God, we need to do this. And I'm thinking, God's just waiting for you to do something stupid. That was my way of thinking. I've, grown, I've lived like that for 30-something years. And it's like, you know, I didn't need to have to beg and plead. And I'd hear them pleading the blood. Plead the blood of Jesus. Like, that's not scripturally accurate. I have to plead anything. It's all been given to me. It's already, I, I can appropriate it, but, but I don't need to plead it. I don't have to beg and plead. I'm not an orphan. I'm a son. And so I really struggled with this concept of intercession. And the, recently, in the last couple months, I started realizing everything I'm doing it's being like it's unraveled by the enemy. I, I, I'm doing this over here, and then all of a sudden havoc gets in there. All of a sudden there's confusion, and these people are fighting with each other. I'm like, dude, I just helped. What is going on here? And the Lord began to teach me this key, the key of intercession. And he gave me this thought process, and I've been sharing this everywhere I go. Whatever, I do, whatever space I do not fill with prayer and intercession, the enemy fills that space with havoc. I want you to think about a water bottle. If that water bottle is half full of water, what's in that space that the water's not in? Some type of air, something like that. If you don't fill that space in your life with prayer and intercession, the enemy gets in there and creates havoc. If that seat next to you driving is empty, someone can sit there. But it's filled with the Holy Spirit that no one can get there. If your brain is filled with the thoughts of God, then the thoughts of havoc, de uh, depression, wickedness cannot get in there. That's why he says, think on those things which are lovely and honest and of a good report. And as I have started to intercede more for you, more for our team, more for the purposes and cause, uh, causes of God for Hill City, God has been unlocking doors. Papa has been unlocking doors all because I'm learning a new key. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. There's so many wonderful wonderful keys in the kingdom and he's given them to us he's entrusted to us you need to stop being passive you need to stop being a, an orphan thought process you are God's son you are God's daughter he's entrusted you with power and what are you doing with it are those keys sitting in a drawer forgetting how to be used you never even no one's even showed you or trained you and you've never even walked in it so let me give you a couple thoughts on how to activate the keys we got to move fast because you guys haven't been listening fast enough we only got a few minutes 
<laughs> He's so sweet. Number one, activating the keys. Number one, the first thing I've learned to do, first thing you got to learn to do, submission. Submission. Now, this is where the problem is at. This is where the problem Because if you don't submit to his kingdom principles, then how can you operate his kingdom keys? Okay? You say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? For example, how can you expect to unlock joy and peace into your world when you're still holding bitterness towards someone who did you wrong? See, that is a, that is a kingdom principle of this wicked world. He says, if you're going to come to me, then I need you to forgive those who've done you wrong. Pray for those who despitefully use you and abuse you. Be kind to those. I work with a man right now, and, uh, and a couple of months ago, an entire team of people tried to steal his ministry from him. Headed up by one particular man. I'm working with these guys right now. I've come in and tried to help them. One person. And the other day, I'm sitting with this amazing man of God. He's real sweet, real kind. And, uh, and he said, guess what? I said, what? He said, I've been talking to the guy who tried to split my ministry and take it away from me the other day. I mean, a few, uh, last year. I was like, you're doing what? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I sent him a letter and told him I loved him. I've been praying for him. I'd love to have lunch with him. I said, you reached out to the person who's trying to steal your ministry and who just about pulled it off. And, and God gave you a miracle. And you, and you reached out to him? He goes, yeah. I was like. I have got to get that key. <laughs> I have got to get that key. <laughs> he was so full of joy and peace, and I'm mad for him. I got secondary offense. Like, nah, that guy's the devil. What are you doing? You know what he is? He's in submission. Where have you not submitted to the Lord at? Have you not submitted in tithing? How can you expect God's principal kingdom breakthroughs to happen in your life when you're not in submission? How can the keys work if you're not in submission? you got to submit. That's why the, his Holy Spirit, learning his word, learning his expectation, learning his nature and his character, that is the key movement for us as believers. I just want to learn you, Jesus. I want to know you. I want to understand you. And, and so that I can operate within your parameters of what this kingdom looks like. This kingdom is solely, so different than the world's kingdom. In the world's kingdom, you do me dirty, oh, baby, I'm plotting your demise. I was never the person that reacted in that moment, ever. I was the person that held that deep down. And waited for the moment two years later, three years later. I'll never forget, in elementary school, this kid, this guy picked on me and bullied me real bad. So I waited for three weeks. Totally was nice to him after the whole big incident where he embarrassed me in the, in the, in the uh, cafeteria. Two weeks later, he's walking down the street in our neighborhood. None of his buddies are with him. I had been plotting. I had hid the brick behind the bush. I've been waiting for him. I'm hiding behind the bush. And as he passes me, I jump up and I hit him in the back of the head with this brick. Lay him on the ground. And he's looking up at, he, at me and I said, do it again and I'll kill you. That's the kind of bitterness that I walked in, in this kingdom system. So when Jesus set me free and I became a part of his system, that came with me. And I had to learn to loose that, to not be bound to that anymore. Come on, are you tracking with me? But the only way to do that is I had to begin to submit to his teachings because the key didn't work in that keyhole. His keys do not work to break forth and, and, and doing it their way, the world's way. That's why when he tells you to give, give. That's when he speaks to you, just hand it over to him. Bless them who curse you. Forgive them. When he tells you, listen, do you know why your marriages aren't working? I'll tell you why, because you don't do it his way. You're not in submission. Because guess what? His, he gives two simple principles about husbands and wives. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. 
Love her. She is the only thing that matters. He gave his life for the church. Just love her. Everything about her. Make her the queen of the world. Wives, submit. <gasps> what? It's not going to work, I tell you. That old Christianity stuff is so male chauvinistic. Oh, oh, so sorry. So, so I don't know why it's not working for y'all. Because in his kingdom, his keys work. But when you try to take the keys from this kingdom and bring them into here, they don't work. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we got these problems. I'll tell you why. Because he doesn't love you with every part of who he is. And, he's, and it's proof because he's selfish. And you don't submit to him in his imperfect brokenness. And so you got this dance going back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Just bow, 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 bow. But if you do it his way, it works. I mean, I think about it all the time. How does a woman this brilliant submit to someone this stupid? She does it as unto the Lord, and as a result, she is able to control the direction of our family because she's so smart. The other day I was doing something like, how am I doing, why am I doing this? And I remember, she, would you, would you help me, do, could you please accomplish this? Yes, I will. Here I am, I'm like, what am I doing? That's not, how did I get signed up for this? Because I love her like Christ loves the church. I've learned that in the right kingdom. Are you still there? Say yes. Here's the second big truth to activating the keys of the kingdom. That is stewardship. 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 Day in and day out. Lord, you've entrusted these children to me. I'm going to be faithful. Stewarding. The three or four gifts that you do know how to use. So he can add more to your understanding. Stewarding. Being faithful. Some of you used to pray for people all the time. You stopped praying. You stopped praying for people at Walmart. You used to all the time. Somebody used to read the Bible. When you first became a Christian, you loved the Word of God. You've gotten away from it. You stopped, you stopped unlocking things, and that's why you're having some of the depressions that you're having. Some of you have stopped loving and opening your life up to hurting people because you've been hurt by the church. But you got this leadership. You're a Christian, and we're supposed to open up our lives to hurting people and let them back in and love on them and help disciple them and help them grow in God. But you've locked down because of what you experienced. And you don't understand why your life has no purpose and vision and direction. And you're making more money than you've ever made. And you're less happy than you've ever been. Why? Because you're not operating in the kingdom and you're not using his keys in the kingdom. And you're over here trying to operate God's kingdom into this. And you're no longer even, you're not even an ambassador anymore. You stepped out of that. And as a result of broken relationship, you've lost immunity. That's a whole other teaching. I don't have time for that. I told you this, but a few months ago, well, two, three years ago, I bought cryptocurrency. My wife was like, oh, here he goes again. Dumb stuff. I was like, cryptocurrency? We're going to be rich. And, uh, and so I brought, bought this cryptocurrency, and we watched it and so forth and so on. And there are keys to be able to access your cryptocurrency. It's highly, highly uh, protected with thousands of passwords, it feels like. And all these little, uh, you know, digital uh, wallets that you have to use and this kind of stuff. Well, somewhere around December, January, my cryptocurrency doubled. Like it was huge money, 100% increase in three years. And uh, so my wife was like, we need that money. Let's get that money. I was like, baby, you can take that money. It's all yours. I do it all for you. I am nothing more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You get it all. 
And, I, and she goes, okay, what's the password? And I said, mm, about that. <laughs> and I could not find the password <laughs> to my own cryptocurrency. I own something that I couldn't find the key to. I had something that I paid for that was mine, that was entrusted to me, but I could not unlock it because I had lost the password. I wonder what you have lost because you've stopped stewarding. I threw it somewhere, couldn't find it. Jamie, we called area, the people who helped to set it up, they, we can't help you without the password. Yeah, but it's mine. Mm, we know that. Hmm. But without the key, the password, we cannot entrust that back to you. Can you reset the password? Man, we cannot reset the password. That's to protect you and your interest. And so she began to pray because she's a smart woman. And God showed her where the password was. She went in the lockbox that we had kept that she had looked in three or four times. I had looked in three or four times. And she found the password on a scratch sheet of paper. And Frank, can I tell you the joy to know that something valuable that had been lost because of my lack of stewardship has been returned. Did y'all see this report a couple years ago by this guy, Stephen Thomas, who had gotten into cryptocurrency? He, he was a programmer. He bought, bought into uh, Bitcoin and all that very early. He's a German-born programmer. lives in San Francisco. And he got, uh, go check him out. Go, go Google him, Stephen Thomas. And he, he literally, he forgot his password and could not find it and lost $220 million worth of Bitcoin. I wonder how much value you as a believer are losing because you don't know the password, because you're not living and active in the kingdom of God anymore, and you're trying to somehow operate in this old broken world system and want Jesus to kind of throw you some blessing bombs over here into this instead of getting back under him, and he is the rulership. You, I'm submitted to you. I, I, you are the king. You, you, Peter... You, flesh and blood didn't give you this revelation, but God, the Father, has let. How many of us have lost that revelation? Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Where you say go, I go. What you say, tell me to do, whatever your word says, I'm in submission to it because I am not a part of that kingdom anymore. I'm a part of the kingdom of God, and you are my ruler. You are the head of my life. You are the head of my family, and whatever you say in your holy scriptures, I will abide by that, and by doing that, I will have keys to unlock the things of brokenness all around me. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Here's the third piece, real quick. Got move on here's a third piece that i would teach in activating the keys of uh the keys of the kingdom and that is you need to stay in step stay in step number three with the holy spirit you got to stay in step with the holy spirit galatians 5 25 i love this passage since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit see when's the last time you just sat at his feet and worshiped you gotten so fleshly you got so caught up and trying to do it in your own strength. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing matters. Mary has chosen that which cannot be taken from her. She's standing in step with the Spirit of God, what He's doing, what He's saying. The Spirit of the living God lives inside of you. He will help you activate those keys. But you got to stay in step with Him. All the time, the Spirit of the Lord will tell me, turn here, talk to this person. I'm like, when I first was a young believer and I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was like, man, that, why, why do I have that sense that I need to call that person right now? Why, why do I have this feeling I should text that person right now? And that as I grew in the things of God, I realized that's the Spirit of the Lord speaking to me. I need to stay in step with him. I need to stay up, up, up to speed with him. Like they do when they march. I need to stay in step. I don't need to lag behind. I don't need to stop marching. I need to stay in step with the Spirit of the Lord. When's the last time you just sat and you just worship or, or prayed in, in the Spirit? 
You say, you know, I, I need that, Pastor Adam. Listen, I'll tell you, we do an encounter retreat every couple months. And if you need a refreshing in the Holy Spirit, you need to come to that encounter. We also do these nights called Reset, where we just worship the Lord for an hour and a half, two hours. On a Friday night, we just get up here, and the Spirit of the Lord just begins. It's almost like breaking off all the crust and all the, all the wickedness of this old world system and getting fresh in the Spirit of the Lord. I tell you, the Spirit of the living God will give you strength when you don't have strength. Spirit of the living God, the Bible said, Jesus said, I'm going to send to you the comforter, and he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come, and he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. Here's the fourth piece. i got to keep moving. The fourth piece on activating these keys, and that is you need to ask God for wisdom. Number four, ask God for wisdom. And I take that straight out of the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 5. He says, if any one of you, any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You say, Lord, I do not know how to access your keys. I know that I'm a son of the most high God. I recognize as Pastor Adam is teaching that, I am, I am in Christ, I am in Christ. I'm not the old guy I used to be. I'm not that old wickedness that I'm, I wanna be like you, Jesus. But Lord, you gotta help me. I don't know how to even proceed in what Pastor Adam's teaching me today. Ask, and he says very clearly, if you ask for wisdom, God, without showing judgment, will generously give you what you need. He, without finding fault, he, it'll be given to you. You need wisdom. I say, Pastor, I, I say, say, Jesus, I don't know what to do about this child. This child has got something really wrong with them. It's, that, this child's brain is locked up, and, 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 and its hard drive's got the spinning wheel of death on the screen. God, I don't know what to do about this kid. Then ask. And what he'll do is he'll give you and show you how to unlock that. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the heavenlies. Whatever you loosen on earth will be loosen in the heavenlies. Say, I have this issue at, jo- at my job, and I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, and he will help you, and he will give you wisdom and understanding to unlock that thing so you're not sitting there in a dead-end job going nowhere and can't provide for your family. 